You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, Live Different Podcast listeners, are you ready to put into practice the things that you've heard about on this podcast? I'm talking about going out there and getting out of your comfort zone, expanding your network, your worldviews, expanding your horizons, maybe doing things for the first time like practicing yoga, like climbing a volcano, like going surfing, like not doing any of that and actually taking some time for yourself for once. Look, I'm here to tell you about Under 30 Experiences, the travel company for young people for ages 21 to 35, which I'm the co-founder of. I would love to see you someplace awesome in the world. I'm talking about Bali, Indonesia. I'm talking about Peru and Machu Picchu, the rainforest of Costa Rica, the beaches of Nicaragua, snorkeling in Belize with sharks. I'm talking about experiencing the culture of Mexico and Tulum. How about a volcano in Iceland? How about the beautiful green emerald isle of Ireland? Maybe going up to Scotland with us to experience massive waterfalls. Come to Paris. Hang out at the state we have rented. Look, I don't need to sell you on this stuff. The trips are amazing. I'm on my way to France. Then I'm going to Colombia. Later, I will be in Peru and Costa Rica. Come hang out under30experiences.com. Peace out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different podcast. I am Matt Wilson, your host, and today I am here with Adam Smiley Puzlowski, the author of The Quarter Life Breakthrough, Invent Your Own Path, Find Meaningful Work, and Build a Life That Matters. Smiley, we've got a bunch of mutual friends, and it looks like you're doing really amazing work. You have a speaking tour going on uh, all over the world. I, I saw some international events that you have going. Uh, You're speaking at some Fortune 500 companies. You've got a TED Talk out. Uh, You've got a lot of cool things going on, and you love community, so would love to to talk to you a little bit today. Smiley, what's going on? Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm real excited to be here. I have a lot of friends in in the Under 30 Experiences community, so it's great to get to talk to all of you. And Yeah, my book just came out two months ago, The Quarter Life Breakthrough. It's all about inventing your own path, finding meaningful work, and building a life that matters. So it's really a career guide for our generation, for the new generation uh, that I think really wants to work with purpose and not just make money. Um, Of course, we all need money in our careers and our lives, but actually do something that matters with their lives and with their work. No, that that sounds good to me, and I'm uh, I'm appreciative that you're going out and I mean you're you're speaking and. Got Stanford, California, and uh, I saw Harvard, and I saw Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, all over Germany. You've got uh, you've got a speaking event. So and little Cold Spring, New York, where I grew up. Uh, I didn't grow up in the oh, town of Cold Spring, but uh, you've got something uh, called Camp Grounded, which uh, I, I've definitely seen before because it, it might be a little similar to, to Under Thirty Experiences, but doing domestic. Uh, kind of getting unplugged uh, events. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Camp Grounded is actually, you know, you mentioned those communities, one of the most important communities in my life because it's uh, basically a summer camp for adults. Um, So bringing back this idea, I don't know if you went to camp as a kid, and I'm sure some people listening did, 
but really a place where people can be themselves, um, feel loved and welcome no matter who they are, what they care about, and, and just really play and, and be creative and have fun. We don't actually have too many opportunities for that in our day-to-day lives, um, especially if we're busy, especially if we're working. Many office environments are not that conducive um, to just celebrating play. So camp is an amazing community. It's a digital detox. So people check their phones and their, you know, iPads and their iPods and their digital cameras away for four days. And we do different programs um, in Mendocino, California, or in North Carolina or Texas or whatever, Cold Spring, New York, like the one you mentioned. And there are these four-day summer camps. So I'm a camp counselor for that program. And it's an amazing, you know, amazing, amazing opportunity for people to kind of be present check in with who they are, what they care about, meet new friends. Um, we don't talk about work, so there's no W talk. <laughs> so okay. people kind of invent themselves beyond just, you know, their job title or their Twitter profile or how many followers they have on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. It's more just about being who you are. That's that's really cool, Smiley. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about... Uh, play and its importance and how that could possibly uh, coexist with a thing like the W word, work. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that, you know, people, when we talk about W and we talk about work, everyone's always talking about productivity um, and efficiency and, you know, what are your tools and your tactics and your strategies and do you use Slack or do you use messaging and how many Evernote programs do you have and all this stuff and all of these programs and tools are great. And, you know, these apps can be very useful depending on what you do, but I don't think enough, uh, we don't talk enough about, um, getting in touch with ourselves and having fun in person with other people. Uh, there's a lot of data right now that shows that people, especially young people are increasingly more anxious and depressed. Um, I think some of that has to do with being overworked. I think some of that has to do with social media and constantly comparing ourselves to others. Um, and although we are more technologically connected than ever before, we don't actually get to meet people as often in person because we feel like, Oh, well, I'll message them or they're my Facebook friend or I saw what they're doing on Instagram. Um, but more and more, I think, you know, when I talk to young people, actually people of all ages, people want the experience of being with somebody else. They want to actually, play with somebody else and make eye contact with somebody else. And those things actually help you do your work better. So I'm not saying when I say play, I don't mean, you know, okay, you're going to go on a vacation you're just going to chill and run around. It's like, yeah, you're going to run around and you're going to play and you could do that for five minutes before a meeting. And then the meeting is going to be much more efficient because everyone's going to get out their energy and be much more present. Right. You could do that for an hour a day at your company in your office or before you write or before you do your podcast or, you know, you you design a website and you're going to design a better website because you're going to have, you know, used your body, uh, gotten in touch with more of a creative side and kind of laughed a little and smiled a bit. So there's a lot of data that shows that play actually helps people find more purpose and be more efficient and productive and those big things that everyone talks about in work. It's not just the apps that make people more productive. It's actually uh, running around, being more creative, um, you know, kind of finding your inner voice, your inner child, um, and not just kind of um, going with business as usual. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Smiley. And if there are any 
doubters out there thinking, oh, what is this? Get in touch with your inner child. Da, 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 da. You got to go and work. I mean, if you look at scientific studies, if you get out of your right. desk chair and you look at how your uh, your neuro your your uh, your neurology works, right? Your your neurons are firing. Your synapses are are connected, and this electromagnetic field in your brain is operating more efficiently. So, I mean, this is real stuff down to the the biological and the molecular. Yes molecular level here. So I know a lot of people are, are probably thinking, okay, I get it. You know, we all love to play, but how is that going to help me get stuff done? And uh, I, I'm such a big believer in that. And uh, that's, that's a big reason why I'm here in Costa Rica is because I want to be able to go out and play. Or even if it's not before yeah. work, okay, after work, I want to make sure that there's a motivation to get up early and to get this stuff done. People ask me all the time, how do you stay motivated at the beach? Yeah, it's easy. I want to stay at the beach. So, of course, I'm going to be <laughs> motivated. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really appreciate that, Smiley. I, wa I wanted to go, to go back uh, to what you said uh, about people in today's age having more anxiety, more depression, comparing themselves to others. Could you dive into that a little bit more and, uh, you know, why you might think that, sure, we see everybody's highlight reel on social media and it, it looks better than okay. our own, uh, but could you dive into that a little bit more for me? Yeah, I think that, you know, this really, this came out of kind of my own experience and my own quarter life crisis, you know, several years ago, I was living in Washington, DC, uh, which is a great city. Um, but you know, wasn't really the right place for me. I was working a federal government job that was great on paper, good salary, good benefits, healthcare, retirement plan, all that. Um, you know, and I, and I kind of knew it wasn't the right fit, but then, you know, you're starting to try to figure out what you want to do. And then you go on Facebook or Instagram and it's like, Oh my God, this person is living in Costa Rica. This person is writing a book. This person just got into business school. This person has a great job at Google and you see all these highlight reels and it's really hard to a be, be content with your own life decisions or even take the time to actually ask yourself what you want because you're constantly saying, Oh, they have it figured out. Um, and the truth is, I think that no one has it figured out, that we're all kind of figuring it out as we go and that the grass is always greener. We think someone, you know, is doing, has all the answers and has it all figured out because their Instagram looks great. But the truth is the person at Google probably wants to quit their job and go surf in Costa Rica. And, and maybe the person in Costa Rica is like, all right, I got to go, you know, get a good job at Google and get some of those free smoothies. Like I need to you know, I need to find something more steady. I've been, I've been hanging out at the beach too much. So it's, it's all about, it's all about figuring out what you want and what you need and knowing that if that changes right year to year, um, I, you know, I call it lily pad to lily pad. I think that increasingly careers are shorter, um, or at least people, the, 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 the length at which people are staying in a job is the average millennial staying in their job about every two to three years. Um, the average person of any age is staying at their job just four to five years. So that's a little bit longer, but not much longer. And that has to do with, you know, rapid changes in technology, globalization, uh, the changing future of work. 
So on the one hand, that's scary. That means we're going to constantly have to, you know, make a change, figure out what we want to do next. But on the other hand, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to do many meaningful jobs and experiences throughout your life and especially throughout your 20s and 30s when you have the it's an easier ability to do so. Um, so I think that, you know, when, when you start to compare yourself to others, you're asking the wrong question. You're, you're too worried about what other people are doing. And it's more about why are you here? What do you care most about? You know, what is your purpose? What are your unique skills, your unique gifts, your talents? Uh, what is the world asking of you? Who do you want to surround yourself with? Um, how much money do you need to live? You know, not your friend that has the sweet apartment in New York City. That's good for them. But how much money do you actually need, given your own circumstances? What are your priorities? Maybe it's nature, going outside, eating healthy, exercising, doing yoga. Um, those might be different than someone else that wants to go to happy hour and get drunk every night, right? I have no interest in getting drunk every night. You know, that's just not a priority for me. Um, maybe it was, you know, in, in college or one point in my life, but it's certainly not now. So you build a life around what you really care about and especially the types of people you want to be around. You know, that, that for me was a big thing. And in DC, you know, I had some great friends, but the culture there, the community was very focused on politics, very focused on kind of this long-term career game of paying your dues and working so that five, 10, 15 years from from now you'd be successful. And I said, no, I want to be around more creative people that are doing uh, amazing things now. I want to be around entrepreneurs that are taking action now, that are going after their dreams now. Um, I obviously want to be successful in 10 or 15 years, but I'm not willing to be miserable <laughs> for 10 years in order to do so. Um, I, I'd rather find meaning and happiness in the present and then also build towards something I actually want, not something that some people tell me I should have, right? Um, sure. you know, they don't, they don't teach us that in school. You know, you pick a major, but they don't say, Hey, you know, you have to figure this out for yourself. You can't just go by a recipe book that says, you know, if you stay on this ladder, you stay on this assembly line, it's all going to work out for you. Um, the truth is, you know, you're the only person that can determine whether it's working out for you because we're all different. And, and I, and I think that, that we need more people, um, you know, advocating that, you know, Hey, your journey is completely different than everyone else's. Um, obviously you should learn from other people and, and be inspired by their story, but also you should do the self-reflection, the self-discovery, the travel, the reading, the journaling, uh, on your own, because that's where the, that's where the, the growth comes. You know, it doesn't come just from, from, uh, seeing what everyone else does. It comes from that personal journey of, of learning, of exploration, of trying, of failing, of making a mistake, of saying, Hey, well, this didn't quite work out, but I still had a great time and I learned a lot and I met somebody or I fell in love or I met a best friend, you know, that's, that's where, that's where life really happens. That, that's really cool, Smiley, and I think a lot of our listeners are already well on their uh, soul-searching, purpose-finding mission right now, and I think people are constantly asking themselves these questions, and, and if they've been a long-time listener, they, they certainly know just the simple exercises like you laid out where, well, okay, here's a, a list of questions to ask yourself, you know, how much money do I need and uh, what are my values and what is important to, to me and how do I want to live my life every day? But my question for you, Smiley, it is with uh, today's 
day and age, the digital climate, the, where the grass is always greener on the other side and we're constantly being bombarded by, ooh, Instagram picture, this person's here, this person's there, this person's doing this, just like you explained. How can we stay focused? Because we are the job hopping uh, millennial generation, just like as you laid out in the statistics, but if you want to work towards something, you know, if, if there is a goal in mind, how, how can you stay focused? How can you put the blinders on? Once you say, okay, this is something I'd like to try out because I think a lot of people just quit too, too early. Uh, so I, I was wondering if you could address that for us, Smiley. Yeah, I think it's, I think that there's a lot there. I think it's all about, you know, you have to be able to put on the hustle um, and, and work towards something you really care about. I think that it's not enough to just say, okay, Okay, Smiley says I'm going to have 10, 15 different jobs in my lifetime. That's true, but that doesn't mean you, you know, don't do one thing or that you can't focus on anything, right? A lot of data shows that people who are um, really successful or, or find meaning in their work uh, also develop mastery. That is, that they become really good at something. You know, when's the last time you met, you know, a, a, sh a chef at an amazing restaurant or the symphony conductor or an amazing writer that was miserable, they're probably not because they're really good at what they do. Or, or the lead guitarist in your favorite band. You know, the guy knows how to play the guitar, right? Sure. Um, they're very confident in what they do. So I think that um, I always recommend, both from a career strategy perspective and from a happiness perspective, that, that, that mastery and becoming really good at a skill um, is, is always a good idea. That doesn't mean you can only be good at one thing. You can be good at many things, but to really develop the time, the energy, the hustle to become good at something and become indispensable um, is, is really useful. Um, you know, the other thing that I would say is that, you know, there's a time and a place, obviously, for social media. Social media can be an incredible tool when you're learning about a new field, when you're trying to reach out to, to people to have coffee or find a new job. Or, or meet new people in your city. Um, if you're writing a book and you wanna to talk to other authors, you can reach out to them through Twitter, through LinkedIn. Those are great tools. But when you're really trying to get something done, I think it can become a distraction. So I, I really kind of advise people to take frequent social media sabbaticals, whether it's a weekend, every Saturday, um, you know, once a month, um, take a week off every couple of months. I think that that's really useful because you can actually become much more productive and, and, get, and get more done. Um, the other thing that I'll say um, that I think is, uh, is useful is to start small. Uh, you know, we, we, we have these huge goals, um, these grandiose visions of, oh, I'm going to go start a, a company and, and live in Costa Rica, or I'm going to move to a new country, or I'm going to completely switch my career at the age of 28. Um, or, you know, I'm going to start a six-figure business. And all of these are great goals, and we should work towards them. But those don't happen overnight. Um, and I think that people get frustrated because they think it's going to happen overnight. And you can snap your fingers, and you're going to be in a new country, or you're going to have a new job, or you're going to switch careers, or you're going to already learn how to code a website. Um, they take time. So I often encourage people to start with, you know, what are the 10-minute action items that you can do that get you one step closer, Right. So who, who's the person you can email about setting up a coffee date? 
what's the one book you can buy on Amazon that's going to give you a little bit more material? Can you can you publish the blog post? Right. I'm not talking about starting a company. You know, that's going to take more than a day. What's something that you can do in 10 minutes that gets you one step closer? You know, the the, the website that you need to go do, check out to do a little research on. Um, the email you need to write, the person you need to meet for, for coffee. I think that that's really useful and kind of gets that momentum going towards focus, towards um, towards your goals. Because otherwise, I think people get bogged down in the, uh, it's just so, there's so much, right? Um, so just to really be able to kind of focus on one thing at a time, be present and enjoy that journey, that process, because it does take time and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and I think if we're miserable in the process, if we're miserable in the journey, then really what's the point, right? Sure. Because there is the destination, the destination just changes, you know, like you have these goals, you know, I wanted to set out to become a writer and a speaker. And then once you start doing it, you're like, oh, well, I guess this, you know, now I got to write another book, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, now I got to speak in another country. Now I got to get another gig. Um, so it's more about, oh, I'm becoming better at this and I'm meeting new people and my content's evolving and I'm learning new things. And that's what it's about. Um, it's not about getting to some place where you're like, okay, I guess I checked that box and moved there or I did this. It's, it's, it's the, it's the, the day to day. It's enjoying that day to day. If you don't enjoy the day to day, then there's really no point because I don't think people ever get to a point where they're like, all right, I made it. I'm done. Um, because, you know, Ed, no, abs absolutely. And that's why uh, I, I think that our generation is going to be constantly soul searching and constantly looking for, uh, I use this word carefully, but more or what else is out there. And yeah, it's a delicate line between, it's a fine line between looking too far out into the, to the future and, uh, and continuing to stay present, but we're all on a path and guess what? Uh, it doesn't really go anywhere at the end of the day. It's just a big, it's just a big circle. We go right back into the ground, like we, where we came from basically. So, right. Uh, yeah, and I like that you're pushing mastery because, you know, if, if you look, uh, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about your personal story because for several years now you've been writing for places like uh, Fast Company and Business Insider and Washington Post and, and uh, you know, you're a published author now and, and you have... Uh, tied into these communities like General Assembly and, and you're speaking at places like Deloitte. So that took, you know, you're working towards your 10,000 hours as Malcolm Gladwell would say. So could you share a little bit more about how your path evolved and uh, maybe your own soul searching and, and where that's brought you? Yeah, it's for me, this has been a, you know, a very much a four-year journey. Um, I, you know, when I, I eventually left my job at the, at, at, in, in DC, I worked at the US Peace Corps, which is a great organization. Um, I started blogging, you know, I had a, a blog going kind of about the experience of being, you know, in this quarter life crisis, figuring out what I wanted. I would write about a lot of different things just to kind of practice my writing. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to write. I didn't set out to become a, you know, published author or speaker. It was more just, Hey, this is what I'm interested in. Um, let me explore this stuff. And, you know, a few people said, Hey, Smiley, you should, uh, you should write a book, you know, people really responding to your writing. You're, you're, you're pretty good at this. 
Um, and I kind of laughed them off. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll write a book. Um, but then eventually I said, oh, maybe I will write a book. And, um, you know, I met with an editor, and this is back in 2013, um, kind of told her my idea of kind of, you know, hey, how do we, people, a lot of people are in this quarter life crisis, but there's also this real search for meaning that defines this generation. Maybe I could write a book about it. And she basically gave me some very frank advice that was like, hey, you know, that's a great idea, but you're, you're definitely not talented enough or established enough to get a book deal. Oh. Um, yeah, so she gave me very honest advice, but it was actually um, useful advice because she said, hey, you should self-publish. You know, you need to practice. You're not you, – you, she was basically being very honest. You know, she was kind of saying, hey, good idea, but, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, Penguin Random House isn't going to come – knocking at your door just because you have an idea. You have a couple hundred people reading your blog. That's not enough. Um, and so basically, instead of quitting, which I could have done, I could have said, hey, she told me I wasn't ready. I'm going to quit. I basically decided to self-publish the book, and I did a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo, which is like Kickstarter. So I raised uh, $13,000 from 500 people in 40 different countries for this idea for a book called The Quarter Life Breakthrough. And at the time, I basically had an idea. I had a little bit of an outline and, and a couple paragraphs, but I certainly did not have a book. Uh, and people from all over the world were giving me money, you know, $15 a copy for this book that I hadn't even written yet, which is pretty amazing because I don't know for those listeners out there, there are probably a lot that have ran, uh, run crowdfunding campaigns, but it's a pretty amazing way to jumpstart or kickstart an idea because you realize that, whoa, people are going to give you money for something that's not finished yet because they support your vision, they support your idea, um, they want to be a part of that journey. So that was really inspiring to me. And I was like, oh, man, people are excited about this, right? So I'm, I'm on to something. You know, they call that in technology, they call that kind of, um, you know, showing that there's product market fit, right? Showing that there's an interest in your product. Um, if nobody really cares about what you're doing, you know, maybe best to try something else because it won't sell, right? right. So it's, people want this proof of concept. Proof of concept, exactly. So this 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 self-published book became became kind of the beta, and I really, you know, always talk about this concept with you know aspiring writers or podcasters or entrepreneurs. This idea that, um, you know, I really treated the self-published book as a beta because I said, hey, I like to write. Let's see what happens here. So I used the money from the crowdfunding campaign to put this book together, and I still spent a year making it. You know, when I had the first draft done, I was, you know, I, I paid a freelance editor to edit it, and she said, hey, this is garbage. <laughs> you need to rewrite this thing. It's too depressing. Um, you're, you're writing a book that's supposed to be an inspiring book for the millennial generation, and, you know, you were going off, I was going off on rants about how you know, the soda industry was corrupting people and, you know, young, you know, all this doom and gloom about the future of the earth and we're all falling apart. And she's like, aren't you supposed to be inspiring people? Um, so it kind of made me realize, okay, I got to go back to the library and keep writing again for six months. But then that uh, self-published book came out uh, in April, 2014, and it started to sold and I got all these Amazon reviews that were five stars and people were really excited about the book and I kind of sent the finished book to that editor that I talked to and I sent her a link to the Amazon reviews and I said hey I went out and I self-published the book like you told me to 
And she was like, wow, this is really impressive, Adam. I'm, I'm surprised that you made this happen. Uh, this is great. She was like, we, we still can't give you a book deal. <laughs> um, but she did introduce me to her friend who was a literary agent in New York. And that's how then the new version got eventually got published. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story of kind of how, you know, first of all, it took four years for this product, this, this fine, this finished book that just came out in October to happen. Four years is a long, long, a long ass time. <laughs> Um, and some people, to be honest, spend 5, 10, 15, 20 years on their books. So four years is maybe not that long, but it is longer than a couple of days. It's longer than a couple of months. Um, it takes time. You have to have um, persistence. You know, I think we talk a lot about passion with our generation. You know, you always hear follow your passion, find your passion. And passion is important. Passion is part of it. But I think we should also talk a little bit more about persistence. Um, and, and being willing to be being able to take no, you know, hear no and not quit being able to tell, you know, hear that someone says, Hey, you need to do more work or, you know, this is great. I want to see your second draft or nice job with the app, but it's not quite there or your business. It's okay. It's a good, idea. you've got some things going through. Very useful. On but, but some things, but some things take time. And writing a book takes time. Starting a business takes time. Switching your career takes time. And you know you have to have the the willpower to keep going. So for me, that that story about how this book got made is really about keeping going and similar with the speaking you know when I first started speaking I wasn't getting paid at all I just was doing it you know at friends offices or to anyone that would you know has a, had a living room basically um, but then you start doing it and you build it up and you get a video and you know and then eventually you know people start paying you so it's it's about persistence and finding something that people are excited about no, that's that, that's fantastic. And when you're talking, I, I, while you were speaking, I'm thinking here, we really are the hustle generation. We really are the go make things happen now. And of course, a lot of that is due to technology where we do have this amazing ability to be able to do whatever we want to do. We are that passion generation, but... It, there's a, you know, there's another side to it there where unless you stick it out and put in that four years or whatever it takes to, to make uh, that dream come through that you had, uh, then otherwise you, uh, you're just you're just hustling, but you're not being patient. You're not uh, being persistent, a, a, as you said. And it's uh, you know, heck, take a take a relationship reference, right? If if all we had was passion, well, okay, that, that burns out quickly. But if you have persistence, I mean, it's the difference between passion and, and love. And if you really love something, then you're willing to go back to the library for another six months to, to try to make it happen. So hats off to you, Smiley. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you got it. So could you tell me what people can learn from your book? I, I know that a lot of the topics uh, that we're speaking about 
right now are covered, but could you give us uh, maybe some actionable things that people could go out right now and, uh, and if they are looking to make their own quarter life breakthrough, how can they get started? Yeah, so the book really, you know, kind of details my story, but then the stories of many other young people I met along the way, 20 and 30-somethings, and what they did to find meaningful work, how they embraced fear, and how they kind of took action to either switch careers, find a new job, um, find more meaningful work, and build a meaningful life. So, you know, one of the main exercises that I take through, take people on through the book is um, all about kind of defining meaningful work for yourself, finding alignment. Um, completing this alignment Venn diagram, completing a breakthrough goal map. So there's a lot of worksheets and exercises in the book. Every chapter has a, an exercise or two because I think, you know, there's a lot of books like this that kind of say, hey, you know, read my story, but they don't actually give you the tangible steps to do it. So I, I try to make sure that that was a part of it. Um, I have a lot about kind of how you can find meaning by either working for yourself or by actually working within a larger organization. Um, and then some strategies for people that are kind of currently looking for more meaningful work that are either unemployed or trying to switch jobs, um, trying to find new jobs, um, and how to go about doing that. So um, there's a lot there, um, some tactics for job hunting and kind of the current um, current state of play. You know, there's a statistic that goes around that says that you know 80% of people get their jobs through through networking through someone that they know. Um, so how do you actually find a job when, um, it's really all about networking and community and, and some of the programs that people can go to and some of the resources that are available for people to find more meaningful work. So I list my, you know, top 10, um, meaningful job search resources, um, and some of the fellowship programs and, and, and places for where people can, uh, that, that I really recommend for people. I have a chapter about whether graduate school is worth it. Uh, depending on your needs. For some people, I think it is. For some people, I think it's a big waste of money. Um, so it's all about kind of figuring out um, where you fit, um, you know, and, and, and what you want. And there's just a lot of stories uh, of, of different folks. And um, one of the big things I talk about is kind of putting yourself out there, um, finding, uh, you know, being able to make the ask, you know, being able to go outside your comfort zone, uh, make the ask to your community, whether it's in your in your town, in your city, where you live, or on social media, or to your community about what are you looking for, what do you need, how how can people support you? Um, because if you can't do that, people really don't know how they can help. So, and amazing so, things happen when you when you actually put yourself out there and make the ask. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Smiley, could you tell us uh, exactly if somebody wanted to put the nuts and bolts together on that one? how you can go out and make the ask because if you look at your work i mean you have tony shea the ceo of zappos a billion or billion dollar company uh and and the author of delivering happiness as an endorsement for your book and um you know you're you're in all these big publications now and you're speaking at all these really brand name places and and you know you just told your story before where you went to your to try to get your first book deal and they said, meh, you just don't have what it takes. So could you talk how you, you are not afraid to make the ask and what people can do if they want to make their own ask? Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, it, it's about being really tangible and specific, you know, so I think that all too often I see people saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. It's like, well, 
I have no, I, you know, that's great. Good for you. Um, but if you can be really specific about what you're looking for, right, I'm looking for a marketing position, um, at this company, or I'm looking for web design opportunities, remote, um, for tech startups, um, you know, that, that way people can really help you. Um, I think is, is, is really, is important. And I think that when people make the ask, the other thing you can do when you put yourself out there is to also share how you can help support somebody. Um, because I think people, um, you know, when there's that mutual support, that sense of accountability, people are much more likely to, 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 want to help you. Um, you know, so I, I give the example of this guy who I met once, uh, in San Francisco, um, and the whole story is in the book, so I'll, I'll summarize it. But his name is Bernat. He was um, visiting uh, San Francisco from Spain, from Barcelona. Uh, he was looking for a, a UX, UI design, you know, use, user experience design job in, in San Francisco because there's not a lot of jobs in Spain. There was a lot of unemployment. Um, so he, uh, all of a sudden I'm biking home one night in San Francisco and this guy Bernard bikes alongside me and starts talking to me. And I don't know who the guy is. I, he's a complete stranger. Right. And I'm like, Hey, leave me alone. You know, like, I don't, you know, stop talking to me. Like, who, who are you? I don't know you. He keeps talking to me, telling me, you know, that he, he just moved here from, from Spain. He's looking for a job. He doesn't want to go back cause there's no jobs. He wants a UX UI job here in San Francisco. And I, we start talking, and eventually I learned that he's from Barcelona. I have a friend that used, that used to live there. It's a beautiful city. Uh, he starts asking me what I'm working on. I tell him I'm working on this book. He says, oh, do you have a cover designer? I say, no. I go home. I check out his website. I was like, wow, this guy's a great designer. I, po I, I post on Facebook, hey, I just met this guy from Bernat. Uh, sorry, this guy from Barcelona, from Spain. His name is Bernat. He's looking for a design job. Does anyone know anything? And my buddy Yi comments five minutes later that he should meet um, with his friend Mark that's doing a mobile mobile startup in Palo Alto in California. Um, and they, they meet. They hit it off. Bernat gets the design job. He's one of five employees at the startup. He gets a you know, full-time job. He gets a work visa so he can stay in the United States and work. He's, he's thrilled. Um, and then about a year later, I get a text message from him. Uh, he says, can I take you out to dinner? And it turns out that the mobile startup that he got the design job at had just been acquired by Yahoo for $80 million. Not bad. So, yeah, and he was, you know, the fourth or fifth employee there. So he obviously had equity in the company. And he was thanking me. And I said, no, thank you. Because Bernard talked to a stranger, you know, a random stranger in a city he didn't live in, in a country he wasn't from, on a bicycle. <laughs> you know? Sure. He deserves it. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, I definitely, you know, I posted his website on Facebook, but he got himself that job. He got himself that opportunity because he put himself out there. Um, so that's the type of stuff you have to do. It's pretty wild, uh, you know, to talk to a stranger in a country you don't live, you're, you're not from, but that's when magic happens. Um, so I, I encourage people to kind of think about how they can put themselves outside their comfort zone, um, you know, go to an event that you don't know anyone at, um, go to an event where people don't look like you, um, try something new, look, go take a class in something you've never learned before, um, do the, mo you know, the thing that not everyone else is doing on Saturday night, um, you know, have that typical conversation with your boss or whoever it is. 
because that's where the growth happens. Um, that's when interesting things start to happen. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Smiley. And when you go to make the big ask, right? Okay, there's not a lot to be lost. Uh, when you talk to, when you ride up along someone on your bike and, and you start chatting with them, right? But when you go to make the big ask, when you try to say, I want to be invited into, uh, you know, it, into Deloitte, one of the biggest consulting firms in the world and try to go and get that gig or I want to try to sell myself to Tony Shea so he can endorse my book or I'm going to go and approach uh, the Huffington Post or, or another big place to go and try to get a writing gig. What, yeah, can you, can you tell us a little bit about that because I totally understand getting out of your comfort zone and okay, there we are. but but. What about when it's really out of your comfort zone? Or what if you're making an ask where you might not feel like you have as much to contribute to that person than uh, the big break that they're going to cut you? Could you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously if you can, you want to go through someone you know. You want to go through a personal connection. You know, you're not just going to email Ariana Huffington um, unless, you know, she happens to be your you know, cousin's friend. Um, but I think it's better to go with someone that might have a personal relationship with that person. So for instance, with Tony Shea, you know, I knew someone that, uh, used to work for one of his companies, um, in Las Vegas. So that's, that was the person that sent that intro email to his assistant. Um, so, you know, if you can find someone, which, you, you know, this is actually a way that social media does become useful. Um, you can actually kind of find a point of connection or mutual connection, um, which is better than being blind. But I think that, you know, I think the best thing to do is just to be honest, to be succinct, right. To not write a six page email. No one has time for that, especially someone who's busy and, um, more established or famous, um, and be very clear about what your needs are. And, you know, also, you know, know that someone might not be able to help and that's okay. They probably want to, but they, they might just have too much on their plate. And, you know, the worst that happens is, hey, you know, you, you, you go back to the drawing board and you, you keep at it. So I, I think that um, you got to put yourself out there more. You got to make those big asks. Um, you also can, you know, like I said, you can mention the points of if, if you have anything to offer in return um, or, or why, you know, kind of showing why it might be a value. You know, for, so for instance, for the email to Tony's people, I kind of explained that, you know, this is a book for the millennial generation. Obviously they have a, from, from his perspective, you know, attracting more millennials to Zappos and their company is always going to be a good thing. Right. So there is that, that's a good, you know, I'm not, maybe not going to sell as many books as him, but you know, if the book sells, that's more people seeing his name and, and, and seeing Zappos and, and knowing what that's about. So or hearing about his book. So that's a positive. That's some value that I provided. So there is a little bit of a give and take there. Sure. No, that's, uh, uh, that's great. So Smiley, I know you have to run here in a minute, but uh, I would just like to ask you if you had any last pieces of advice uh, for the young people listening out there, if they want to have their quarter late breakthrough. I know I did ask you uh, how they can go about that, but do you have any overarching pieces of advice for, for everybody out there today? You know, I think one of my biggest things is, you know, really find believers. Um, you surround yourself with a community of people that believe in the beauty of, of your dreams. 
Um, you know, whether that's a, a program like Under 30 Experiences, uh, Starting Block, uh, or Hive, which are both fellowship programs I talk about in the book, or Camp Grounded, finding these communities where people meet in person, they go on journeys or experiences or transformational events together. Um, those are the types of people, the, those, are the, those are the types of people, places, and, and things that are really going to help you. Um, I think that that's the biggest thing right now is to actually find groups of people that can support you, that can connect you to people, that can give you accountability for your creative dreams, um, that can you know, really take you to the next level. I think it's about people. Um, you cannot do this yourself. Um, you know, maybe some people, internet bloggers make it seem like, oh yeah, I live anywhere. I live by myself on the beach and, you know, good for you. But that seems a little bit boring to me. I'd rather be, you know, uh, surrounded by a community of amazing people, whether that's physically and or digitally, uh, people that understand who I am and care about me. So I, I really encourage people if they want to have a quarter life breakthrough or any breakthrough, um, to find community. Because I think that that's the, that's, that's the success factor. That's how people break through. That's how people you know, start new businesses, launch creative projects, change jobs within their company, um, launch new careers, um, create impact in the world it is through community. Smiley, that's awesome. Where's the best place for people to go out and uh, find your work and connect with you? Yeah, so you can buy the Quarter Life Breakthrough on Amazon. Uh, it's also available on Audible. Um, you can find me at smileypazwalski.com and sign up for my mailing list so you get uh, newsletters and articles. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Wesley and Instagram. Sounds like the plan, Smiley. We'll appreciate your time today. Thanks for doing all of your meaningful work and inspiring others to get involved with the community and, and do great things. So thank you very much. Yo, Live Different Podcast listeners, you know what to do. You love the episode if you listened this far. Go to iTunes. Show us some love. Please, that's all we ask, a little five-star review. Just a little review. That's all we need. Send it to a friend who needs to get their ass in gear. We're trying to do good work here, and we need your help. Hey, you know what? Special offer. Send me an email personally. I will write back. Matt at under30experiences.com. I want to know your feedback. And then I want to meet you in person. Maybe our yoga retreat. Maybe our fitness retreat. Who knows? Check out under30experiences.com. Go do something awesome with your life.